0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: People get so bored with saying greatness is disrespectful until an to I We knew it was going to come out here and dominate the Cowboys. He spends over $2 million on his body like a year like yearly.
2: Well, <laughs> we're not going to tolerate that. I'm taking all your Super Bowl tickets. I know. Yo, 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 what's happening? It's episode five of All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, download and subscribe and make sure you leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You also can watch us on YouTube. Just visit YouTube.com slash all things covered. Pat P, what are we gonna cover on this episode?
3: Hey man, Mac, we're gonna cover our big win on Monday night against the Cowboys, our upcoming matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. And also, we got a great, great conversation planned with the two-time NBA world champion, J.R. Smith.
2: Now, ladies and gents, it's time for Chopping It Up. Chopping Up is a segment with me and Pat. We go back and forth. We're just talking about weird things, unknown things, right? But before we get into that, if you look at, if you were watching us on YouTube right now, you see Pat has a work shirt on, right? And it's not a jersey. Usually when we see Pat putting in work, he has on a football jersey, game jersey, or practice jersey. But right now, he has like a little under the hood type shirt on, Pat. Yeah. So fill us in a, a, about your, your shirt. And where are you currently located at?
3: Man, today I thought it would be dope to do the podcast at my shop. You know, uh, as you see, I got a couple of memorabilia uh, right here in my office. I got my under the hood shirt on, button up on today. And hopefully if you guys stay tuned long enough, maybe I'll give you a sneak peek of the shop.
2: So you have like a car shop. Fill us in a little bit about, you know, the type of shop and, and what you have in the shop.
3: Well, it's more of a, it's my personal museum. Uh-huh. <laughs> per se, um, you know, I, I store my cars here. Um, you know, have a bunch of memorabilia in here, a bunch of cool paintings, uh, a bunch of jerseys, and the and the cool and cool cars, TVs, restroom, you name it, refrigerator, air conditioning. Uh, you know, it's all laid out for me when I whenever I want to get away, you know, from the house and just step away into the into my to my man cave.
2: No question. So you know what? I guess a little later in the show, if we have time, we can definitely uh, give the audience an inside look on Pat P's exotic shop. Because I've been to shop and he got some toys in there. He got some heavy hitters in there. So Yeah, yeah, yeah a something, something, man. hopefully we'll be able to show you guys what he has in the shop. But like I said, now it's time for chopping it up. So Pat, I got a quick question for you. As a professional player, right? Uh mm-hmm. give us uh, tell us the biggest mistake. It could be a funny mistake, but the biggest mistake you made. As a professional football related?
3: Uh, the biggest mistake I made football related. Probably my rookie year, man. Messing up the Waffle House order.
2: Oh, you had to, used to have to get Waffle House, or, uh, every morning? Yeah, order?
3: man. I think that was the biggest mistake I made. Yeah, so this is give me, man, I used to mess with the order so bad I had end up, used to, I used to tell my wife, man, this place to order, man, I used to mess it up so bad. This place to order, I go pick it up. Just make sure the boys' food is on point. Cause I'm tired of getting bashed each and every week about the order being messed up. So, uh, rookies out there, man. Make sure you don't mess up in bets order, man. Cause they, they definitely take that personal. <laughs> I know,
2: that's it. Yeah. I, I had to do that also my rookie year. It was either breakfast. If we played home and if we played away, it was Popeyes.
3: Yeah. Same way. Popeyes. Same as, I don't eat, I don't, I don't eat the Waffle House. I know that's your thing, Matt. Yes. But, uh, Popeyes McLean like though. Know? I love that Popeyes were playing. Yeah. Popeyes.
2: <laughs> you know, for me, Pat is, is, is similar to your story. My rookie year. So my rookie year, uh, we went to the Super Bowl, right? And, um, we, the AFC championship game, we played Denver in Denver. We had the early uh-huh. game. I think we had like the three o'clock matchup or something like that. So mm-hmm. we beat Denver. Uh, we're going to the Super Bowl. So the whole plane ride home, bro, we just partying. We having a right. good time. I mean, we, we, we got the <laughs> Blu-ray game going. You know, the guys got the dice game, hey, the tongue game. Flight. And it's a long flight, so you got a, you got enough time to hit to bop somebody across the head to get bop across the head. But at that time, man, we living life. We going to the Super Bowl, right? I'm a rookie, so as soon as we land back in PA, bro, this was probably like mid January. As soon as we uh-huh. land in PA, man, we in the streets heavy. I mean, we straight, we get straight, uh, get off the plane, get in our whoops, man, we go straight downtown. We went right. to a, a spot. If, if anybody in Pittsburgh know what I'm talking about, if you're a real, uh, a Pittsburgh individual, you remember High Tops. High Tops used to be a bar that everybody go to right across the street from PNC Park, but the baseball stadium. We go to High Tops, Pat. Man, they loving us, man. We, man, we, we can't, we can't do no, we, we can't do no wrong, right? We go in the club, free access, we on stage, we freestyling, we rapping. So we go from high tops, we go to a whole nother spot. I think it was called Dials. So we leave Dials, we leave high tops, we go to Dials, man. We party and it's probably about four or five o'clock in the morning. No, it's about, it's about four o'clock. They kept the club open later than usual because we going to the Super Bowl, right? So after that, we go to a spot called JoJo's. Like I said, if you, if you from Pittsburgh, You know, you know what I'm talking about when you drop some names right now, man. Jojo's, man, Jojo's closed down, but one of the best breakfast spots you can have, especially in the wee hours in the morning. So we go to Jojo's, right? So Pat, you know me. If anybody know Mac, they know Mac don't drink, right? I don't partake in the devil's neck though. I don't judge, but I don't partake <laughs> in the devil's nectar, right? So I can party with the best of them, though. I can be with a sober mind. I can go with the best of them all night. <laughs> but I told them boys, I was with some of the vets, and I told them boys when we got to JoJo's, Pat, I ordered me a nice French toast, uh, uh-huh. some scrambled eggs with cheese, some sausage, and some, and some yeah. uh uh home fries, and that French toast.
3: And you had your all-American breakfast, man.
2: Pat, I told them boys, I say, listen. After all this partying, we done, we done did, right? Y'all gonna have to check on me early in the morning. Cause after I hit this, eat this French toast, the way how this French toast is hitting, well, I'm gonna uh, be, I'm gonna be disco dead sleep. I'm gonna be right. all the way dead sleep. You can put me uh, on a, a, on a funeral brochure and put me in a <laughs> castle cause I'm gonna be dead sleep, right, bro? So they're <laughs> like, man, Mac, man, stop all that playing, man. You ain't even drunk. You don't even drink. I said, man, listen, this French toast is gonna do something to me. So uh-huh. Pat, we had a nine o'clock meeting that Monday. Man, I'm, I'm up, I'm up in the Allegheny Center, man, sleep, man. My alarm don't go off. It went oh, off, but I, I, I ignored it. Man, I wake up, Pat, is 8.47. What time Bro, was these? 9, 9 a.m. Oh, man. So, literally, I woke up. Man, I don't even know what I had on, but I just put some clothes on. It was a little nippy outside, so I put some sleeves on. I had on shorts, by the way, Bro. so it's about 30 degrees. Man, I jumped in my car. I didn't brush my teeth. And I'm driving so fast. This is the one time I was hoping the police would pull me over because I can use that as an excuse why I was right. late. No police officer in sight. I'm running red lights. I'm running stop signs. I'm like, please, somebody pull work. me over. I'm trying to get pulled over. Right? right? So they can so they can be like, well, Mac got pulled over. That's his reason why he was late. Nobody pulled me over. So now when I get close to the facility, it was some ditches. I'm like, Mac, what if I just roll run off the road and ride in the ditch? I can say I got in an accident. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Pat, I'm in the dealer car right I mean, i'm like man i can't mess up these folks car so i said man shoot i might just have to eat this one bro i get there man it's like 9 15 i missed the team meeting room the team meeting with bc bill the head coach i come in dick LeBeau was having a defensive meeting right so they're oh, going yeah. over the whole game plan with the week layout getting ready for the super bowl against seattle as soon as i walk in all the vets looking at me like bro really so coach LeBeau walk up to me he said matt Man, BC want to talk to you. Bro, this is the first time I ever went into Bill Cower's office in the whole year. Man, I walked in. BC hit me with the, uh, <clears throat> hey, Matt, were you late? You know, he got that raspy voice, man, kind of sound like Jadakiss a little bit. Uh-huh. I was like, dang, he already know the answer. I said, shoot, I can't lie to him. I said, yeah, coach, I was late. He said, why were you late, Matt? Why are you late? And, you know, Bill Cowell seems to always be intense, especially to the rookies, man. He was an intimidator, right? So I'm like, man, coach, I ain't even going to lie to you, coach. Man, we won that game, man, against the Broncos, man. We were partying. I was in the streets heavy last night, coach. I, went, I didn't drink. I wasn't drunk, coach. I didn't drink. I didn't partake in that devil's nectar. But, coach, I was in the streets heavy, and I ate real good. I had a nice breakfast around 530 in the morning, and I overslept. Ain't nobody checked on me. He was like, well, we're not going to tolerate that. I'm taking all your Super Bowl tickets. Pat, when he told me he would take my Super Bowl tickets, I about died. I died again. I died when I went to sleep, and I died again in his office. I had already told my good mama she can come to the Super Bowl. This is the part. Right. Right. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, man, I don't even want to play no more, man. If I can't have no tickets, why am I playing? So I'm right. like, man, I, I, I put my head down, bruh, and I was slowly about to walk out. Man, I'm like, man, I'm sick, man. He hit me with the, hey, Matt, I'm just joking with you. Good game. I said, yo, <laughs> he actually has a sense of humor. Man, listen, when you told me that, Pat, I said, yeah, I, I made it. I'm part of the in crowd now. I'm part of the right, boys in, now. I'm part of the boys now. now. And guess what? That Monday night, we back in the streets again. Heaven. We you missed not miss no more meetings, did you? No, 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 sir. I ain't miss no more yeah. meetings. And hey, I got to the yeah. point, Pat, I was so nervous that sometimes when we used to hang out, I put the phone on my forehead so I can hear the alarm and I can feel it vibrating. But the thing was, you know, sometimes if you go to sleep, the phone will fall off. So what I move. I got smart. I used to sleep with a headband on and had the phone wrapped in the headband. Oh, so man. yeah, rock with me, rock with me. So I had the headband no on way, tight or the wave cap. You know, I used I when I had my low cut, I used to have them waves. I had the yeah. wave cap and I slide the phone in the wave cap so I can feel the vibration along with hearing it just in case I miss it. it's a quick, quick little trick, thank me later. But if you ever need to make sure you get up Get you a headband on wave cap, slide that phone in that wave cap. <laughs> you are hey, you ready to go. You ready to go? <laughs> now it's time to check in with our Cardinals check-in. I mean, if you guys didn't get a chance to see the ball game Monday night, Arizona Cardinals traveling to Dallas to play against the Dallas Cowboys primetime matchup with a bunch of primetime players. Uh last week before this matchup, Pat, you mentioned that you know, you felt like Andy Dalton couldn't beat you guys and you wanted to make Andy Dalton beat you. Uh, he didn't beat you, neither did Ezekiel or Elliott. Tell us about what went right for you guys Monday night, uh, this past Monday night against the Cowboys.
3: Came off the bus wanting to stop the run. You know, we knew those guys were going to try to get Ezekiel in, into the game early and often. Forcing him to fumble those uh, balls and uh, and back-to-back possessions definitely put a, a little damper on the on offense on how they planned for it to go. You know, so by us taking out the run early, making Andy throw the ball 54 times, we know he's capable of doing that. But like I said last week, we think there's more opportunities to make plays when the ball is in the air versus when the ball is being carried. But it ended up working out for the best of us on both sides. You know, we got two forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries, and we got two picks as well. So it was a good game plan that Coach Vance put together. Guys really, really bought into the the game plan, really – uh, had a great week of preparation. And, and like you said, the stars came out to play. The lights was bright. But, you know, that's what this team needed for us to get to where we want to go, have those prime time games, have those night games, get used to it because we plan on being in the playoffs, truth be told.
2: No question. And in looking at how you guys performed uh Monday night, man, if you guys continue to sustain that type of production. Yeah. No reason why you guys should not get into the tournament, especially with that one extra spot. The NFL has granted uh the yeah. league with an opportunity of having Pat, you know, we've talked to you many a times about celebrations and things like that. But I can tell you this much. You look like you were having a time of your life the entire team looked like they were having the time of their life one time I saw you uh you know air kick uh Kyler Murray on the sideline looking like Shawn Michaels with some sweet tin music one time I saw you shoulder bump Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline as well man talk about what that was like man and, and what was the vibe what created that type of atmosphere on the sideline not to mention you and Buda Baker at one point in time laying down uh, DeAndre Hopkins, when he broke that, that, that crosser route, and I think he took it 60 or 70 yards. You guys were literally yeah. on the sideline chasing D just to celebrate with him. Talk about that team experience and the togetherness you guys displayed Monday night.
3: Well, you know, Mac, it started in the locker room, man. We came out, we came out of the locker room with that, uh, that new 21 Savage running.
2: Oh, that's what and y'all was bumping. Literally.
3: From that point on, it was just like a, it was just like we flipped the switch. And coming through the tunnel, walking into the field, it was just guys had that look in their eye. You know, we had the look in our eyes that we knew we was going to come out here and dominate the Cowboys. You know, no disrespect to them, but we just had that mindset, that mentality going, walking into the, walking into that stadium. You know what I mean? So it, it you know, it started from the locker room. And when we got on the field and, and you know stuff started coming to happen, guys started making plays. The energy level just went to a whole nother level. And you know how it is when you have swag, you play on energy, you play on that passion. Everything else gonna take care of itself. And that was just the first time that the world got to see this 2020 version of the Arizona Cardinals. We definitely feel like we 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 left a lot out there because you know you know we felt that they they shouldn't score. You know we, we, that's how stellar we felt that we performed on the defensive side of the ball and you know, Kyla only completing, you know, nine passes and still putting up thirty eight points. So we still not hitting on, you know, every cylinder right now. And and that's the scary part. As long as we can keep that vibe, that energy, that passion, caring for one another, having that continuity uh with one another. To, like I like I said since since we had our first IG story, whatever you want to call that, like the sky's the limit for this football team, man. Like Everybody has bought in, everybody is just it's just a different vibe, a different energy. I love everything.
2: And Pat, I made a mistake. I mentioned that you guys chased down DeAndre Hopkins. It was actually Kenyon Drake on that last touchdown that killed a lot of fantasy owners uh weekend matchup because that touchdown either either made somebody win a ball game in fantasy or made somebody somebody lose. Yes, no question. You don't know nothing about fantasy football. Or you I don't, name, but I'm all in. I'm all involved in. I'm all wrapped up. You know, speaking of Buddha Baker, man, listen, I've been I've been a fan of Buddha Baker going back to his Washington days. Uh, when you guys drafted him, I told, I spoke to you about how high I was on him, and he's starting to evolve into a superstar-like player at the safety position. He reminds me a lot of Bob Sanders. I call him Bob Sanders 2.0. And if you don't know who Bob Sanders is, for the listeners and viewers that are watching us, go pull up Bob Sanders, Indianapolis Colts. He reminds <clears throat> me a lot of Buddha Baker. Seven tackles, a sack, forced fumble, interception. Yeah. I
3: mean, he went and, crazy, man.
2: man. He went, he went dumb, dumb. He went all <laughs> the way dumb. Right.
3: But and he was like, that shirt I sure. That boy, good. That boy, that, that,
2: boy, that boy, man, his, that boy for real. No question. I mean, boy, but the, the thing I want to talk about outside of his outstanding play pack, because, I, you know, the sky's the limit for him. But the unique celebration y'all boys had when he caught the interception, man, y'all boys, first of all, y'all boys lined up like some bowling pins and he got the right. bowling ball. And if you guys can go back and look at the highlight, you got to look at his bowling strut before he let the ball go to hit that strike. Man, talk about, was that already pe- uh, pre-planned based on the defensive thought process? Whoever make a big play, this is what we're going to
3: do. Yeah, yeah. It definitely was pre-planned. It was something I was cooking up all week. Um, I was, I forget what song I was listening to and the guy who actually did the thing, you know, you know, I think that it was some bowling competition in the early 2000s and he needed to roll the strike. To win the match, so he uh-huh. bo- he rode a straight. He was like, "Who do you?" He was like, "Yeah, that's right, I did it. Who do you think you are? I am." So that was a whole uh background behind doing that celebration because we had a feeling that someone on the defensive side of the ball was gonna have a it- Drake was the- was the first yeah. one was supposed to do it, but he didn't do it. He forgot it because he, he
2: ran, he was- man. Yeah, he ran and y'all had to chase him down.
3: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so then Booty got it, and uh we was like, "Man, we got to do it." And it finally came out up, up under the bright lights and everybody loved the celebration. And Hopefully we got another one this week. Gonna be, uh, it's gonna be dope this week, man. Hopefully we'll get hands on dog.
2: Yo, that's a nice segue for me. I appreciate you, you giving me yeah. a nice pass like Ray John Rondo talking about this week matchup. Week seven, Seattle, Seattle, Ooh. the undefeated Seattle Seahawks with curly hair, Russell, Russell Wilson, who's a bad man. And homie, you got you a big matchup this week. You're talking about grown man and DK Metcalf, who's been balling. Clearly, he's been putting up big numbers. His quarterback has been putting up big numbers, man. Talk about this matchup uh, specifically for you. You played against him last year, but right now he seems to be, you know, evolving into a superstar-like player at the wide receiver position. He's not the normal size wide receiver. 6'4", 6'5", 230+, can run a 4'3". Talk about that matchup specifically for you, and how do you go about mentally trying to attack him as a cover guy
3: d dk presents a a ton of uh, problems with him having the the size disadvantage the strength that he has and also having the speed you know so he presents a lot of problems so for the most part you know uh, i know he he invites that that physical matchup that's what he wants you know at the same time that's what i that's what i like as well so um I think it's going to be a great matchup. I know I, I got an opportunity to go up against him last year as he was, you know, starting to come into his own. You can start, you, you can start to see late in the year, he started to, to get more and more confidence, started making some great big plays in that playoff run that they, uh, that they had late last year. So, um and he's been doing nothing but great things thus far through the first, you know, seven weeks through the season. I believe he's what, top 10 in, in yardage. Um, yep. You know, got a pair of touchdowns. So he's, he's more than capable of, 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 being a superstar in this league for sure. So, you know, like, like I always talk about each and every week, I'm, I have my plate full. I mean, it's definitely a matchup that uh, I'm looking forward to. I know he's going to prepare and, and bring his best game, uh, Sunday, Sunday evening in, in the toaster. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely preparing to have my best one as well.
2: Does he remind you of anybody you played against in the past when it comes to his size and his speed? You played against a lot of great wide receivers, but yeah. does he remind you of any one of your past opponents?
3: Uh, You know, people, I was, you know, over the last two weeks, you've been hearing that Calvin Johnson comparison. I, I really don't see the Cal- Calvin Johnson comparison. You know, you can say, I think DJ, I mean, DK is a little bit more shiftier than, mm-hmm. than, than, than Calvin, you know, because Calvin was a, uh, it was a, he was a hard stop and go. Type guy, you know, he was almost like a guy that's going to just run that deep over, run a deep ball or just pretty much just throw it up to him. DK, you know, he has it. He has it all. He's going to run, he's going to run those intermediate routes. He's going to run those combats. He's going to run those digs, the goals, the posts, the overs, the pylon routes. You know, he has it all. That's what makes it difficult to cover him because he's running all those routes in the, uh, in the route tree. But the guy I will say that I compare him to, and I think he, uh, he's given up a little bit size to him as Julio though, just as far as the size of speed combination. Yeah, um, rare, I think that's he's very, very he's rare, rare, rare to find in a receiver. You know, you normally see skinnier, linkier receivers. You don't see guys like TOs, like TO was a once in a lifetime type receiver. Yeah. They can you know, then came AJ Green and, and, and don't get me wrong. Larry's a great receiver, but he don't have like that body structure or body stature. Yeah of those those guys are like gods. You know what I mean? Those guys are like freaking ripped from, you know, from from they got like two percent body fat. You know, so be
2: on Game of Thrones.
3: Exactly. So mm-hmm. um, you know, when you see a typical receiver, it's, it's typically like a taller linker a receiver, but but those guys are just those guys are built like pit bulls. So and it's very rare that you see receivers like that. So um DK is definitely having a great, great uh young career so far. Get opportunity to, uh, get opportunity to go up against him twice a year and is, uh, looking forward to nothing but great matchups in the future to
2: come. No question. That's a good comparison though. A, a basically a bigger Julio. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I like that. I like that. And, and talking about DK, we talked about Russell Wilson before on the show, all things covered, Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. Where do you, where would you rank Russell Wilson uh, amongst all the quarterbacks in the national football league?
3: And like right now?
2: Right now. Yeah, right 2020 now. Twenty twenty season? Twenty twenty season, where would you rank Russell?
3: Uh man, you know I get I get to see him twice, man. Right now, nobody's playing better than Russ. Yeah. I agree. Nobody's playing you. nobody's playing better than Russ right now.
2: I I definitely agree.
3: And and December haven't even came yet. That's when he really got his best.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, he played some of his best football towards the end of the season to go into the playoffs. You right? You're right. So, but you know what? The truck got to stop at some point. Yeah. Why, man, why not, why not right. this Sunday, Sunday? Right.
3: You got about
2: it. Our boys got a nice uh, surprise. You say you got a nice celebration. And, man, listen, tell Dre, if he catch another interception, don't forget about the surprise. Don't forget about the celebration, man.
3: Man, I got to work on my man Dre Conditioner, man. He be talking about he be tired and stuff. Tell
2: to him tell to hide Drake. About. You gotta hydrate out in that desert. You know, he ain't <laughs> used to that desert heat
3: yet. Yes, sir.
2: Now it's time to shift to the around the league portion of our show. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. Uh, there have been some big time news in the national football league. And like every week, we always, uh, love to hit on that to hear Pat's, uh, perspective on what's going on throughout the national football league. Luckily for this week, there's nothing, uh, COVID related. So cross your <laughs> fingers and hopefully we continue to stay in that positive trend but there was some big news yeah there was some big news specifically coming from Miami South Beach the Miami Dolphins just named uh Tua Tungavailoa as the starting quarterback going forward for me that was a big shock because Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing real good football two game winning streak three and three, you look at some of the losses, they lost to new England by 10 points, Buffalo in a close matchup and by three points. And then Seattle, you know, undefeated team in Seattle. So those are pretty, if you, if you had to clarify those losses that good, good losses, I think they would, you know, reach that requirement. But Pat me personally, I was surprised. I thought like, I felt like Ryan Fitzpatrick did enough to continue to uh, remain the starting quarterback. But were you surprised to hear that Tua is now the newly starting quarterback? and only threw two passes on the year. And those two passes came in garbage duty this past week against the Jets.
3: You know, man, I was I was very, very surprised knowing that those guys had a bye week coming next week, if I'm not mistaken. This week.
2: This week. They, this they week? have a bye yeah. This week. Yeah.
3: So knowing that they had a bye week coming up this week, I thought they will at least go through. I knew at some point he was going to be the star. Yeah. But I didn't know it was going to be they was gonna name him the starter going into the bye week. I thought that they would at least let him get some some starter reps, see how he's looking with the flow of uh, of the offense, uh seeing what he can and can't do. I'm sure they already saw some of that stuff in practice, but you know when you when you're preparing for a game, once you're a starter preparing, he's getting majority of those looks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's gonna be different from calling a game with Ryan and Tua as a quarterback. So I thought they will at least have a game plan going into that week of bye week
0: Mm -hmm. of
3: putting together a game plan and having those couple days off, thinking about it and be like, all right, cool, let's pull the trigger now, now knowing that he's ready. But with him throwing those two passes, we all know Tua can do it. You know, that's not a question. I just thought the way it was announced, especially the way Ryan has been playing, you know, it's not like he's been playing garbage balls. He's got like 1,400-plus Passing yards, I can't. I think you know, twelve plus touchdown passes. Ten,
2: yeah, ten, touchdowns, seven ten, to seven. ten touchdown, seven touchdown pass. So
3: those are efficient numbers, and completing seventy percent of his passes. That too, and not only that, they went on the road and win some big time ball games. You know how hard it is for an East Coast team to go out west, uh, out west, San
2: Francisco. Yeah, and they and they
3: didn't only beat them, they they damn near embarrassed them. You know, what <laughs> yes. they, they, you know what I mean. So I was definitely shocked seeing uh, Tua get named the starter you know, not even a, a day after going into the bye week.
2: Well, I tell you this much, Pat, you were shocked, but you get an opportunity to see him up close and personal because the next three matchups after the Miami Dolphins bye week is the Los Angeles Rams, the Arizona Cardinals and the Chargers. So you get a chance yeah. to see exactly what he has in store. Yeah. Now the, now being named the starting quarterback and other news in the national football league happened last week. Uh The Kansas city chiefs signed, Le'Veon Bell, who was released by the New York Jets. I mean, most people many people feel like this was a this is a big fit for the Jets to add another dynamic playmaker to the outstanding offense that they have already in place. But do you believe Le'Veon can provide the same spark for Kansas City that he provided in Pittsburgh years ago?
3: I think he can. If you look at it, you know, last year didn't play much. You know, this year nurturing the the hamstring, you know, in and out of the starting lineup. I just think he needs the right fit for him. Being around that, you know, from the outside looking in, hearing things what Jamal has said, uh, what other players that's been in that organization have said, you know, just seem like it's a it's a dark gray cloud around that building. Sometimes that can dwindle on players and that can kind of uh, reflect on their play. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt every player and in in, for the Jets are trying to get out of there. You know, what right I mean? now, so <laughs> you know, so. I think he just need to be in the right system for his skill set to flourish. And I think this is the perfect system for him. You know, they got a great quarterback that can move the ball downfield, but then also cater to his skill set, which catching the ball out of the backfield, getting those screens, having those stretch plays. Because Le'Veon Bell is a he's a guy that likes to he's a bounce runner. So he needs to be like in a zone scheme to where he can pick where he wanna go. Yeah. You know, when the Jets run the ball, they they didn't they all they they don't even have pullers. They were just blocking, you know, one on one scheme the whole game. Well, they, they had, had pullers once they in a blockers. while,
2: It wasn't really blocking. But I give you, you know, know yeah, you
3: know, if you consider that, but you know, he just need to be put in the right scheme so he can you know reach where he uh, once was.
2: I can tell you this much, Pat. I understand the business side really created a separation between Bell's relationship and the Steelers' relationship, but he should have never left. Her. Her.
0: Yeah, should.
3: Yeah, been. that was a, that was that was a match made in heaven. Oh my man. goodness,
2: you talking about the fit, the culture, the skin?
3: Yeah, I mean, style. Oh my man, listen, the whole man. the whole get up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, like they say, man, that grass ain't always green on the other side. But sometimes you got to find out the hard way.
2: Yeah, yeah, no doubt, you no doubt. But just as a fan of the game, just seeing how his skill set fit what they were doing. And then yeah. the common denominator about that situation, Pat, is that he leaves, he does not provide the same numbers. Pittsburgh offense still thriving. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like they're they're struggling. They're the only time they really struggle when they didn't have the quarterback. But they got right. Big Ben and I mean James Conner and Snell, they doing what they're supposed to do. So that tells you so much about the culture and how it just fits certain people the right way. And when you get put in that right culture. I mean, sometimes the business is not the most important thing, but easier said than done, right? If yeah, hindsight absolutely. was 2020, we'd all be in a better situation right now.
3: No doubt about it.
2: We're getting close to the halftime break of our show, all things covered. But right before we go into the locker room to sip some Gatorade and eat some oranges, we're going to attack the 21 questions part of our show 21 questions this is where we get an opportunity to interact with our all things covered fans uh they get a chance to submit a question but you have to leave a five-star rating with your question and we'll pick that question and we'll answer it. it's for both of us pat Yep. my question for both of you what is the best offense you ever played against
3: you want to take it first Matt?
2: i'll take it first i'll go back to my rookie year 2005 the indianapolis Colts. Uh, that year, they were 14-2. and two. I think they were their number one seed. We actually played them twice that year. We played them in the regular season. They kicked us in the mouth. We played them in the playoffs. We won that ball game. But that offense had quite a few Hall of Famers. Many people feel like the quarterback, Peyton Manning, one of the best quarterbacks to ever lace up his cleats, right? Clearly, he has a strong argument for that case. Hall of Famer, Edger and James. Hoffer just got into the hall this past year. We know what he meant to that offense in his professional career. One of the more, I wouldn't say undervalued, but many people don't give Edron James the respect that he deserves, in my opinion. I think he's one of the best running backs to do it. Three down type guy, a bruiser type, can run away from you, got moves, had everything you want your running back to have. Marvin Harrison, Hoffer, right? Reggie Wayne, Hoffer. And then you had, you know, other guys. I think he had a, a Clark at the tight end position. Yep. Uh Stokely, I think Stokely was there. Yep. I mean, that offense was deadly, man. And we had yep. some battles against them, specifically going against the Sheriff and Peyton, man. In my rookie year, uh, that playoff game, man, was a classic, one of the best ball games I ever participated in. But uh, from a listener, my answer is the two thousand five Indianapolis Colts. What about you, Pat? Who you
3: got? Best offense I've ever played against. Uh, I probably would have to go with the 2018 Chiefs. Mm. Uh, that was the year they lost to uh, New England
1: in the in AFC the Championship.
3: Yeah, in the conference uh, championship. That offense was that. That offense was pretty deadly, man. They, you know, that's when Pat Mahomes. I think that was his second year. Was that? I think that was his MVP year. It probably was. He went yeah. crazy. He added on to his stats against us too. Um, <laughs> he had, uh, like four touchdowns, man. I mean, they, it, it was just so, so many different looks they gave us. We was just, we was like, man, where the heck is the ball going? You know what I mean? They just, you know, mixed direction here, throwing it to Tyreek there. They had Kareem Hunt, Travis, obviously Pat doing his thing, but well, Sammy, yeah, that, that was that was Sammy
2: on that team also, Sammy Watkins.
3: Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Sam wasn't on that team. The receivers they had, if I can remember, I can't even even remember the other receivers they had. But it didn't even matter because they had Cheetah, Pat Mahomes, and uh and, and Travis. Yeah, you know, and, and Kareem Hunt, and, and Hunt as well. So the things they were able to do, and still get both guys a hundred yards. The running back get a hundred yards. Pat Mahomes still throw for three forty. You know, I just thought that was highly impressive to uh, to witness and. Yeah. We couldn't do a damn thing about it.
2: <laughs> Demarcus Robinson and Chris Conley were the only, the other wide receivers. Okay. At that time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: Hey, Two outstanding offense, man. Appreciate the question. Yo, it's halftime for us. We're going to take a quick break, but on the other side, we'll be joined by a two-time NBA champion,
0: J.R. Smith. Stay tuned. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.
2: Welcome back to All Things Covered with Brian McFadden and Patrick Peterson. And now, like we promised you guys earlier in the show, we got a special guest right now joining us. J.R. Smith, man, first-round pick in 2004, 16-year NBA vet, sixth man of the year in 2013, and now a two-time NBA champion. Mr. Swish, man, thank you for joining us here on All Things Covered. First and foremost, bro, if I had a brim on, if I had a hat on, I tip it to you because the fans know me and Pat P, we love the Lakers, man. And you just brought home a championship for all of us. I ain't played one one quarter with y'all boys. I feel like I played and I like to tip my brim to you if i had one on man so it's an honor having you Appreciate here with it, us man. all things covered man yes, sir. first question for you how does it feel to be a two time nba champion man what, what what's that feeling like for you especially when you look at the road that you had to go through
1: oh man it, it, it's like uh it's fulfilling for me because it's totally different like I, for me it was i was i was playing more on the first one and i had i feel like i had a a very important role on on the game um and then and being into this situation and going through the playoffs and not really playing and trying to find my niche as a, as a leader, as a veteran and trying to help the younger guys out and more of a coaching aspect of it. It was, a uh, it was, it was one of the hardest things I've really ever had to do because I'm really sitting there watching for the sidelines and trying to put guys up yelling for guys to be in the right position. And, uh, it was, it was a lot of nerve wracking. So, uh, so this one is, is almost as good as the, uh, the first one. So I'm, i this two time thing is feeling pretty good.
3: Yeah. And, and I know definitely what you've been in that veteran role. I know that's something that you, uh, definitely, uh, take to heart as well. So speaking of that role, how did you approach your role with this team when they picked you up as a creator?
1: Um, for me, it was, it was like, no matter what they get, whatever, no matter what they throw at me, I'm, I'm, I'm accepted. And, uh, and, and try to get be a master in that role. Um, when yeah. they, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to come in and play twenty five minutes a game and stuff like that because I haven't played in over a year or something. And they pretty much had the core of they team uh, on the Lakers anyway. I keep saying they, I'm a part of. <laughs> um, <but laughs> they, they, the Lakers pretty much had had their uh, core team set already, so I knew it wasn't going to be a situation where I was going to come in and play a lot. But more than anything for me, I, I feel like I. I left the game before my little hiatus with Cleveland on, like, a kind of a, a bad note. You know, for me, if anything, you know, you, you hear people always want to say they want to go out a champion. And for me, I never right. wanted to walk away from the game as somebody who got waived. You know, for for one, right. I always I, I never wanted that on my resume for somebody who got waived. But then for it to for happen and, you know, for that be potentially a retirement after that or whatever, I never really... I never sat well with me. So my whole uh, motivation to get back was to be in the situation where I could win a championship. So when I got in that position, no matter what role they threw at I me, mean, that was my main focus just to win the chip and, uh, put guys in position.
3: Darryl, real quick, for the guys that don't, you know, for the outsiders that don't really know about the locker room, can you just give a little insight on how much you miss the locker room? Cause I know that's probably one of the things you miss is just being around the guys, yeah. missing those conversations.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because it's it's a professional athlete, the life we live and what we go through on a day in a day out basis is very, uh, especially if you in that, that exact sport. Obviously we, you know, I me and you talk a lot, but about how, you know, our games correlate, but when you're on the same yeah. schedules and you literally going through the same patterns and stuff like that, whether it be being traded or whatnot, you get into that locker room, that's your safe haven. That's what you, that's what you banking on. That's what you need. That's what you feel. You know what I'm saying? That's where you feel, if anything, at a, at anywhere, you really can be you because everybody pretty much has been in the same situation, is going through the same thing. So when you look at the, right. for me, when I was looking at one of my teammates and stuff like that, it's, it's a reflection of myself in a different, in a, in a different life. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, right. uh, yeah. so I, I, I always try to uh, look at it like that. That's why I always, cher- for me, I always cherish, I think, Throughout my whole career, it's only one teammate I really don't like. And I he know that and everybody else I'm been cool with. So, you know what I'm saying? So Who that teammate is? Uh man, this dude, uh, Sam Decker, dog. I can't this dude he did some bullshit on the bus one day, talking some some Trump shit, and I was just wasn't having it, dog. Hey, Not you still feel, try- feel some type of way. Yeah, for sure, because it's it's a, for what he, for what the question he asked, it was like a, it's a, it's a, it's a thought pattern. You know what I'm saying? You, you were taught that. It's not like, it's not like a, uh, it's, it's the hate you give. And I feel like that's, that's, that's something you're you're taught. It's not, yeah. The privilege he has is, is, is was, was taught to him, and he took heave of it and ran with it even further than somebody who just not, who's oblivious to what they have and what they, you know, with the life they live. Because some people just go through the through their life, not, not, not necessarily knowing, but not, not aware and a privy to somebody else's circumstances. He's a person right. who's very aware of somebody else's circumstances and want to keep them there opposing, try to help them elevate up. And I don't respect anything about that. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well said. Well said. I mean, yes, a lot of people have been saying this is not the championship you guys just won was not a real championship because of the situation, because of the atmosphere. Um, most of those naysayers have never won a championship on any level, and you recently had a message on Instagram, right? And uh you don't know, basically going at the haters. What prompt that message?
1: You know, I, I, I see a lot of people who quote unquote say you you didn't you don't you didn't earn it. That for me, more than anything, I I, I feel like I earned everything I've I've ever got. I feel like I've put my blood, sweat, and tears to my craft and to every opportunity that was. Presented to me, regardless of, at the end of the day, regardless of who can quote unquote, whether you feel like vouch for you or whatever, you still have to walk through that door and put that work in to where you gotta stay there. I I, I refer to like a Pat. When, when Pat gave the okay for somebody like a Tyron, so for somebody to take a chance on him, when he took a chance on him, when he walked through that door, he showed his ass and now he is who he is. He's a super yeah. Bowl champ pro bowler and everything else so if he didn't do that then it, then it, people would go in the pack like bro I don't know you know what I mean your, your, yeah. your judgment was off on that you know what I'm saying right. but they can't do that unless you go in there and show your ass so for right. me every time I got I feel like for people who feel like they've got given me a second chance or opportunity from you know whether it be from another player or because I'm friends with somebody with this person or that person No, nah, whether that happened or not when I got there I showed my ass to stay there so right. that's my that's where it was realistically coming from because for me I've been fortunate and I've been blessed to play with you know great players. Uh, for a lot of people they look at look at my career as a to me as a joke and for me I take that's something I take personal. I put a lot of pride, our right. in, uh, work into my craft. You know what I'm saying It's something when my, when people talk about me and they talk about my name. My kids gonna hear about that growing up. They kids gonna hear about that growing up. And then at the end of the day, they gonna know that he worked his ass off no matter what nobody else can say. Hey, you
2: know, real quick, what my good uncle used to, well, our uncle, uh, used to tell me all the time, Pat, you know, Uncle Roger, most of the time oh, he, yeah. he always giving me some words of wisdom. JR, my Uncle Roger used to always tell me anybody can make the Pro Bowl or the All-Star game from the couch. Anybody <laughs> can make it from the couch. But let's, let's, yeah. let me see you go out there on the court. And make the all-star, make the Pro Bowl team, man, because, you know, a lot of people say whatever they want to say when they're on the couch, when they ain't got that pressure and them lights on them. Them, them lights right. get bright. That sweat come down a little differently on your face. Uh, for sure. Yes, you feel me? So, for man, sure you keep that, doing what you're doing, man. You I know, keep I doing you, what you're
3: doing. You I, see, I see the work and the ground that you put in an off-season shirt. Sure. Um, but first of all, I'm sure. definitely surprised that you got your shirt on right now, Jr. <laughs> 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 that, that you probably <laughs> was going to come on here without your shirt. But yeah. talking about shirtless, how much did you influence, uh, Alex and, uh, Kuzma to be shirtless? Yeah, them boys
1: uh, had pro- no shirt on. Person? Man, you know, it's crazy. It, it, it was a lot, but it's not even so much that I said anything to them. It's just that they've been waiting for so long. I don't know what the, <laughs> what, what people have been telling them or what, or what, <laughs> what, what the, what the myth or the legend is, is all about, but I got to start reading some of the folktales, but. <laughs> they were just so inspired by it, man. But it was, it was so cool because you really get to see the impression you leave on the youth. You know what I'm saying? Especially, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. not even, not even like, even you, for us, we always think about the youth, we think about the 9, 10 year olds, people our kids' right. ages and stuff like that. But at the same time, the youth is people 10, you know, 10, 12 years behind you just as well. These guys are 22, 23, 24, 25 years old who look, who've been seeing my career and still look up to me, so. Right. That influence on them is just as important as the, the 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 youngsters. Hey man, did y'all
3: really leave uh Quinn Cook behind?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was two buses. Look, so so this is how it happened, right? So me, 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 uh, Cheese. We all, me, Cheese, and Q. We always ride back together on the first bus after every game, from uh. the first game of the bubble to to the chip. <laughs> we always was on the first bus, and uh, just so happened that we was walking out. AD wanted to take a picture with Q with the trophy. So he, he, he went over there and started taking pictures and then we got impatient, man. And we just, <laughs> we slowly crept, we slowly crept and were waiting for him, waiting for him. But then it was like, man, we got to leave. I'm like, oh, no, nah, I'm gone. Champ I Cheese is ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Cheese is ready to, my man Chet was ready to go, but everybody knew Champ, when he, when he on his time, he on his time
2: right <laughs> hey that no question that's a funny story the togetherness but y'all left one of the fallen soldiers behind man. Yeah, man, you know speaking of this group being so together man i think a lot of that has to do with the leadership of lebron um regardless of you know the whole goat conversation uh with lebron running his fourth ring man tell us a little bit about what makes lebron so special on the floor and also on the sideline with his leadership skills
1: um, I mean, more than anything, I think what people, people always talk about his, uh, his attributes, whether he can, you know, as a, either as a player or as a teammate is his big, his, his, I think his biggest one to me is to be able to bring everybody together consistently, you yeah. know, and that's hard to do, uh, cause you, to take on a lot of people's energy or to even try to impose your will or impose your energy on, 15, 16, 17 dudes who are right. millionaires and got their own agendas and got their own, you know, goals that they're trying to reach, whether it be personal or as, or as a player. It's hard. That's hard to do, man. And as well as, shit, coaches and <laughs> general managers, too. Yeah. So right. when you're when you're a player like that and that's a lot of, for me, I, I think he's just amazing at, at being who he is at, at bringing people together. I mean, I've never seen organizations where um general managers <laughs> literally having conversations with every single person on the team. You know what I'm saying? Not even just not even not not, not just the first two dudes, the first two three dudes. He talking yeah. to the sixteenth man on the bench. The, he talking to the, the fifth dudes coming off the off the uh, bench. It's like you know what I'm saying for you could tell that he has a lot to do with that because it, he's all about encouraging people around him and uh and putting a not only encouragement but Encourage him to put the work in to do that. You know what I'm saying? So when you see somebody like that at, at that level working every single day and consistently, it's just, it's, it's contagious. He just brings so many people with him. It's, uh, I think that's his best attribute by far. I mean, if you, if you look at anybody as far as a profession, whether they're on and off the court or what to pull people together, I think he's the best at it because it from people from his circle, from his teammates to coaches, everything he touches hit his goal. Yeah, right. and so with um, so after the
3: game, you you obviously you was on the court with him and by him talking about you know Jeannie Bus wanted her respect, you know GM wanted his respect, and he wanted his respect with the accolades and the career that he had and his uh, that he's having up into this point, seventeen years in and still going strong as ever. You know why did you feel that he was he had to say that
1: just because just because I think like so many for so long it's been seventeen years so many people just counting on his downfall you know it's just wow. so many people just waiting for waiting for him to be knocked either knocked off his throne or waiting for him to see him lose a step or so much and it's just given given so many times is even even. If you think of the accolades, like consistently, he can win MVP every single every year. Every year. Right. But when you, when you get to, when you, they go up there to talk about the conversations, he's always the third guy. It's always, uh, it's either Giannis or James or Russ or James or this person right. and that person. And all you can always throw LeBron in there, look at his numbers. And it's like you get so, people, people get so bored with saying greatness is, is, is disrespectful to an, to I got an you. extent. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, how can you consistently say this, like, he's not the best? How can you say he's the best player in the world and not give this man MVP? Right. He's the best, like, I don't, I've I never understood Good that. Good point. He, Good point. He can go to any team and make the, not only make the playoffs, make a championship run. Yeah. Right.
2: Hey, I think LeBron could probably make a championship run with me and Pat.
1: Right. I, <laughs> seriously, I mean, you, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, though. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. Like you tell somebody the best player in the world, but and then when you get to the votes, he only get what seven out of a hundred something votes. Like yeah, right. how is
3: that possible? Right. How many more years you think you got left in the tank? Who knows, though. He, yeah, LeBron yeah. got to be drinking out of the fountain. Like youth is something,
1: man. Do, you know what? He he can play. Honestly, I think he could play as long as he wanted to because he has the. I've never seen nobody with the ability to consistently just stay on a, on himself like that. Like he don't, he'll, he doesn't stop. He, I don't think he ever will. Like he just, is just so indebted into who he is, like his workout routine regimen and, and every, like, it's like clockwork. All he got to do is work, wake up and just flows into a routine. Is He got a 24 seven chef. We got a, Everything he needs is at his disposal. So all he got to do is yeah. go through the motions of it. Hey, the man like a king, like, right? He
2: living like right. a no.
1: Seriously, like you got to think like he He spends over two million dollars on his body. Right. Wow. Like a year, like yearly, That's just a nice on your ticket. body.
2: That's a nice. That's ticket. like
1: so you could you could imagine he not eating no but he I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> say. You say two M's for his body. It, it, it's just paid. on, the, just on his body. It's paying off.
2: It's paying yeah, off. No, no, no. It pays
1: off, but you, you got to invest in yourself. He always told me that, though. He always yeah. said, that if you want to invest in yourself, whether it be investing in a trainer, to the, whether you, you know, what I mean, it was if this guy's a shooting guru? If he, if that's what he charges, that's what he charges. That's what you got to do to invest in yourself because if, if you can't. If you can't hit those shots, you ain't going to be around here long enough to be, to worry about it anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're talking about LeBron's greatness. Uh, your former teammate, Kyrie Irving, Irvin, uh, LeBron and, and your former teammate had a few things to say a few weeks ago, uh, basically commenting on his current teammate and Kevin Durant basically said something like, no, he finally has a guy that can make that clutch basket right towards the end of the ball game do you think that was a personal slight at LeBron James and if so why at
1: first I didn't Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you because I I actually liked the uh I liked the post when I first seen it yeah because when he was saying it I was thinking of the lines of the creativity on which he scores that because when I think about scores or to me, honestly, the best score, the two best scores I've ever seen was Kyrie and KD. There's no, there's nothing that they realistically can't do. Yeah. Um, so when he was saying it, I was, that's what I thought he was saying, taking it as. But then when, you know, people gave me a little digger deeper of the shovel, I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe that was a jab. You know what I'm saying? But I don't knowing Kyrie, uh, he's a very complex individual so i don't know if it i can't say it was a jab or it wasn't but at the, at some point we got to we got to stop trying to pick like just pick at shit yeah like yeah. we just be picking at stuff sometimes like don't get me wrong it it could have been worded better he could have either said it better but at some point we just got to stop picking at stuff i i i
2: agree with you cuz i kind of i thought it was a slight of uh, no reason to even come out and say that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, people right. can take it a whole nother way. But like you yeah, said, Kyrie is complex and sometimes complex individuals give complex statements.
3: Uh, speaking hey, man, of Kyrie. The world is flat.
2: Yeah, he said the world is flat. I'm still trying to figure that one out, but man, I ain't got no <laughs> train sales to really think on that one. Speaking of Kyrie and that Cleveland championship team, JR 2016 Cavaliers versus the 2020 Lakers in a seven game series, who wins and why
1: um and there's no disrespect to nobody, but I just think for me, the size that we that the Lakers have we just didn't have as a Cleveland for, I think Cleveland we played we we were more grittier we played i think a little harder we were much uh nastier defensively but the size of, with the Lakers team was just with AD and Dwight, and being able to go back and forth with changing the lineups with Keith. Um, I don't, we weren't that versatile as uh, we could we could play multiple different ways in Cleveland. I mean, in uh, with LA, but in Cleveland we only had to play one one way. Yeah, yeah. it's not like like with Bron, like with Kai. If you double Kai at the I mean, at the top of the floor or whatever, it's just like, it's hard to, not that he won't get 30, but it's a different, it's an easier 30 for Anthony Anthony Davis when he's 8, 9, 10, 15 feet away from the basket. You know what I'm saying? And and on top of, he's giving you 12, 13 rebounds, block shots, is a presence, arguably defensive player of the year. So it's no disrespect to Kev, but it's just, I don't think it's, I don't know, I don't, for me, this, with the size, I just think the, uh, the Lakers team just is just too big.
2: Man, do you think, uh, the Lakers going to be able to, uh, give Anthony Davis what he's looking for so he can stay in that Laker uniform for years to come?
1: I mean, they got to, I guess. They ain't it. <laughs> they, they got, I don't see how you do. Know, honestly. Yeah. Right. I mean, he, first year he got there, he got a chip, so. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta I keep that in I don't know how many people in the Lakers uniform did that. The first year they got there with a major impact when it ran? Yeah, I think Shaq. I don't even think Shaq did it. Nah, Shaq didn't do it. Shaq first oh. year
2: two thousand was it? Shaq first year in the L.A. two thousand.
1: I thought it was. I think it was ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Because yeah, the first year he was there, I think they were playing in the Forum still. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they weren't. They weren't in Staples Center. As matter of fact, mm. man. Man, Jail, you missed winning the championship in Staples Center. Man, imagine what that would look like. Oh man, oh, so go you back you. To was, back. Yeah, man. Yeah, you gotta go back to back. Me and Pat gonna come out there when y'all go back to back, man. We gonna be out hey, there. Man. And stuff, Listen,
3: man. Hang hey, God, gonna have to come out. Hey, <laughs>
2: hey, Pat. We gotta make sure our abs right, cause you know them boys liable to take their shirts off.
3: Hey, man, oh, my, my shirt, shirt
0: coming, coming, coming off too. for,
1: sure. for sure. <laughs> Hey, Pat, got it, man. Y'all know y'all DBs got it, man. Yes, sir. You already know. I'll be over there looking crazy. I'll be having to put my shirt back on saying you man. <laughs> hey, you know what, though, Jay? i speaking of
2: DBs. A lot of people don't know this. Um, you know, you weren't just a ball on the court. Man, you also, you also had some game on the gridiron and uh, you, you committed to UNC coming out of high school. And I want to talk about that real quick before we jump to the gridiron. But do you ever, you know, go back and think back like, well, yo, what if I would have went to UNC that one year and then jumped to the league? You know, how would that experience has been, would have been for you? And also too, that recruiting class, do you remember who UNC signed?
1: Yeah. I wanted to pretty much follow the, uh, the Jordan motto and go mm-hmm. to Cor- Carolina. And- you know, be a part of that history, whatever. But and more than anything, I wanted to get to the get to the league as fast as I could. So once my football dreams, my pops kind of kept my football dreams. I ain't gonna to, I keep telling, <laughs> he he keep telling me stop telling everybody that, but he did. But um, he once my pops kept my my football dreams, it was really like, all right, if, if I'm gonna do basketball, then I'm I'm trying to get there ASAP. I ain't yeah. even trying to go to college. I ain't trying to deal with none of this. I was just trying to. Cause my only reason for going to college at the time was cause I had to get my grades and shit together. So my only reason for doing all of that and taking, taking extra classes and all that so I could play college football cause my, my cousin was just going to Miami and all that. So it, it, that's the only reason why I was trying to, you know me I mean? Trying to do extra because once I told me about basketball, I was like, all right, well, I can do that easy. You know what I mean, that's, that's just what I grew up doing. That's all I know better than anything. So. Yeah, once he, once he deflated that, Carolina would kinda, it kinda dwindled more and more, and especially after that McDonald's game, I was just like, man, the hell with it, I'm out. Everybody kept talking about, man, you can get drafted first round for sure. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm gone.
2: And on that Carolina yeah. team, uh, who, cause they, they won, oh, they yeah. won a national championship that year, right?
1: Yeah, Marvin Williams was, uh, it was gonna be me, Marvin Williams. One of the, actually one of the reasons why I didn't go, cause, uh, Roy Williams, Sean Livingston went on my visit at the same time. Uh, me, Sean Livingston, Dwight Howard, uh, Marvin Williams, we all go to Carolina on our visit at the same time. So I'm like, all right, cool. Sean's about to sign. I'm about, I'm a to sign. We got, uh, Dwight, well, he going to the league for sure. Um, this is when me and Sean didn't really know at the time. And he, Roy Williams told him, he told Sean Livingston he couldn't wait for his commitment because Sean promised, the. Uh, Coach K, he was going to take a visit. Oh. He promised Duke he would take a visit. And Roy Williams was like, man, I can't wait. To, I can't wait on you. I got a guy ready to commit. And he took the other dude commitment. So I was seeing that. I was like, oh, man, nah. That made me <laughs> feel the type of <laughs> way. way. Yeah, that's, that made me feel the type of way. I was like, we just came in together. We had all this talk and everything else. I am like, no, right. oh, nah. Y'all starting too can't, early for me. Can't be me. a part of that. <laughs> yeah, y'all starting too early for me. And then after that it was the Jesus. McDonald's game. So it happened like literally simultaneously and I was just like, oh yeah, I'm gone. Man, that's, that's awesome,
3: man. But yeah, before we let you go, we got a couple more questions for you, champ, man. Um, yeah. Who's the best golfer in the NBA that's not named Steph Curry?
1: Right now, um, I'm a, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to wear that hat. I'm going to wear that, be- I'm going to wear the best hat. I'm gonna wear that, uh, hat of the best golfer, not named Steph Curry. You the best right golfer? Guy. Yeah, not named Steph and Curry. And I, and and I played was, with JR, I, J.R. I played
3: with y'all a couple times. Yeah. JR do have game. I can, J.R. I can J.R. You got, JR, you got, you got I can, um, I, uh, I can sign up on that
1: one. JR, you better than Pat? No, nah, I'm not better than Pat. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie to you. <laughs> you ain't better than the I ain't the gonna set myself up. Oh, I, he got <laughs> it. I, I, Hey, I got yeah. it. We had uh, the
3: little NBA versus NFL thing, uh, the match play. Yeah, we had, we had a good time, dude,
1: man. Every time I see Pat, I'm like, Pat, what's your index, man? One. You know, I just, I just, got the scratch. You know what I mean? I plus one. Like, God damn, Pat, what you, what you doing, bro? Pat be in the Bahamas playing all the time. He getting real live tour lessons and all that. Man, he hey, you up there. be in now. Arizona. He got yeah. PXG hooking up. Like, he got the plug, man. Like, man, he got, whole, Jersey, he got a whole, thing, got a whole T off thing at the end the creek. That's what I'm saying. It's 30 <laughs> degrees out here, snowing. <laughs> I ain't got none of
2: that, dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Jay, we're going to switch to the uh superlative part of our show. And this is where we hit you with rapid questions. You got to give us your the, the first answer that comes to mind. Uh you've been you've been in a lot of pressure situations before, so this kitchen shouldn't be that hot for you. So the first question coming from me. Favorite nickname of yours. Swish. Swish. Yeah.
3: Best team you played on or didn't win the title. Uh what was that?
1: 2009 Denver Nuggets.
2: Okay. Uh, which one was a harder title to win? 2016 or 2020?
1: Uh, 2016. Sure.
3: The most influential hooper of all time.
1: Um, most influential hooper of all time. Uh, Bra.
2: Mm. Okay. Like Best shooter you ever played
1: with? Uh, Korver. I like Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle toughest, like
3: coach, toughest coach to ever coach
1: you? Uh, Byron Scott. He used to have just practices like training camp, uh everyone. For <laughs> <laughs> real.
2: Best player you played with not named LeBron James? Uh, Mello. Yeah, no doubt. Sp- speaking of yeah. Mellow, uh, real quick, I saw the, the Nuggets came out with like their all-time team or something like that, and they left Mellow off. Did you see that? Yeah, I seen you know I seen that it was um it was a all-time social graphic and Carmelo wasn't on it.
1: Yeah, I I did All see All-time
2: team social they, graphic.
1: That's funny, man. That's so that's so bitter, man. Professional sports teams are so bitter, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Why it's they sad. keep
2: disrespecting Melo? Like what what's the situation with that cuz clearly from the outside looking in it didn't look like it was warranted, but what's going on in that
1: situation? Um, I'm just I, I I don't know. I don't. It's it's been so long from standpoint for for Denver. Any, uh, uh, anyway, but to, to even say something like that or not do something like that. But I don't, I don't understand why they keep keep coming that mellow. I think it's just because he he he's a very different individual. He actually like uh he's very he's very conscious in who he is and where he comes from. And yep. what he stands for, and what he tries to do, and when people see that, I think that it's kind of intimidating for a lot of people, Uh, especially if you don't have the same beliefs or thoughts that, that the other person has. So it's easy to, to to try and cast that person out, especially when you got a, more of a people. If you are more of a like-minded thinker, like everybody else, who's you know on the path of you know trying to do some trying to do the same thing. Well he for him, he's more of an individual he's very, like I said, he's very conscious, you know, he's very into a lot of things, like, he's trying to give me, I can't, I can't do it, but he keeps trying to get me to go to Africa and do the safari thing, and it's just like, I ain't, I ain't with it, bro, like, <laughs> he, tigers and all that, just brushing up, he got videos and footages and stuff, like, he very, he he into meditations and shit like that, too, which is cool, He he put me on game with a lot of stuff, but, when well, he started trying to get me to go to Africa, we do these safari rides. I ain't with it. Yeah, it ain't <laughs> All <laughs> right, Jerry. Really.
3: my last one before we let you go, your favorite. I know you're a shoe guy. Your favorite pair of Kobe Bryant's. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, the Grunches. Mine sure.
1: too. I, yes, hold on. Sir, that was 2014 2000- Christmas, I think. Fourteen, maybe
3: thirteen. Yeah, yeah. those my. That was my favorite too. That, In was, against
1: Bro- that was against Miami, right?
3: Yep, against Miami, yeah. had, uh, in, uh, in LA with the white jerseys. Hmm. Yes, sir. Crazy.
1: Uh, Pat P, y'all
3: hold on. Uh, real all quick, that's Pat Pat with P. my cousin. Oh, you pulled oh, pull them out. They go. I just, I,
2: I'm always ready when they, somebody say something about Kobe. I'm always ready. So you know I me. Mean? You won't call out a whole nothing. Now, see, I see. Ain't, I ain't gonna go back and forth with you, Jr. Because you're NBA player. So I know your <laughs> kicks got to be unlimited. But when you talk about something Kobe related, hello.
1: Yeah, them I, tough. Them oh,
2: these man, listen man. These these are the best ones ever. Yeah, no doubt. For sure, for sure.
3: No for question, sure. No, man. Well, well with that being said, JR, man, we appreciate you coming on all the all things covered. All What's love, up? baby. Off season for you. My off-season will be here before you know it. We're gonna get on that course uh in the off-season should be dog.
2: No question. For Enjoy sure, the championship, bro. ride, man. Like eat,
1: man. All right, baby. Appreciate
2: you. Yo, Pat, so man, we had a real good conversation with uh JR Smith. Uh what are some of the things you learned uh through the convo with JR?
3: Man, you know, I, you know, just through that conversation, you know, I had an opportunity to get to, get to know JR throughout, throughout the years. I think I know JR right as of now about going on three years now. We yeah. can't have an opportunity to play golf with them, meet up at other different charity venues. you know, he's a man's man, you know, always, always comes through, just, you know, just, just, just means well. You know, just hearing him talk, you can could, you could tell that, you know, he, he's very, very self aware of, you know, of his, of his surroundings, uh, what he may mean to others or, you know, what his legacy may, may leave behind or, you know, the impact that he's able to uh, leave on the game. You know, that's, that, that was some of the things I was able to, to, to take, take away from him. He's a very prideful man. You know what I mean? So you tell that he wear his, uh, his, his heart on his sleeve. He, he presents himself that way, you know, and, and you can't do nothing but respect that.
2: No doubt. I know one thing that I learned, like we didn't get a chance to really tap into it uh with the convo, but off the record, he got offered a football scholarship from Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really know he was a, a baller like that on the grid. I yeah, know, I didn't like, either. He yeah.
3: also said he wanted to play safety. He wanted yeah, to be he say, a DB.
2: He said he wanted to be a DB. You know what I mean? You <laughs> got you, you to you be special to be a DB. You, you know, already know, like, man. Quality conversation, man. All things covered, man. Shout out to J.R. Smith for joining us. Yes,
3: sir. Like I said, man, Jr. going we're going to get on that grit uh, on that, uh, on that course too. Cause I'm up 2-0. I'm up 2 against my man, Jerry. I didn't want to put it out there when we was on a, when we were talking, <laughs> but you know, but Jerry, I do got nice game. Though. I, I really do like this game. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Pat,
2: real quick, before you, you give the outro, I know you almost done. You got, you want to give the, the fans that are watching us on YouTube a little sneak peek of the shop. Real quick, you know, just kind of give them a little sneak peek if possible, and then you can kind of give them a, a full tour on our next episode.
3: Yeah, that's what I'll do.
2: Yeah, give, give them, you know, give them what the shop Because you got your work shirt on, so you know what I mean? Yeah, I
3: got my work shirt on real quick. Oh, we got some jerseys in here, Matt. I remember I told you I got some jerseys and stuff in here. Yeah. Warehouse, where it all gets started. See, it's all dark in there. Oh.
2: Oh. Oh. Hold oh, on,
3: drop my phone, man. <laughs> Make sure y'all tune in for next week.
2: Yeah, to get the full tour, right?
3: Check out the collection. But but until next week, I want to thank everybody for listening to our fifth episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, please make sure you subscribe and follow and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with you next Tuesday where you can expect all things will be covered. Peace. Peace.